Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Well, amen. We're in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, turn there. Good, read it again. Was one person over here? And we're going to read it again. We may pick up the speed just a hair. We may read it again a little bit faster because we're going through three chapters, Lord willing, tonight. In Deuteronomy chapter number 8, let's take a look at it, starting at verse number 7. Verse number 7. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a, say it with me, a good land. Say it with me, a, a good land. A land of brooks of waters and fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of oil, uh, olive and honey. A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. What a great phrase. Eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land, say that, the, for the, the good land which he hath given thee. Verse 7 again, the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land. And so you're going to have to participate. I hate to do this to you already, but God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Okay, you didn't even, I mean, let's put some energy into it. You ready? Uh, say it like you believe it. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Uh, and we serve an absolutely good God. Verse 7, God's bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, plural, of water, fountain and depths, plural, that spring out of the valley. Now, spiritually, God's brought us into a good land, a good land, a, a church where his son is exalted, a, a church where the scripture is expounded. Boy, it's a good land, a land of brooks of water, Sunday school classes teaching, life groups sharing, uh, 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 assistant pastors preaching, and Bible studies happening, and uh, small groups, and kids programs where the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. Boy, it's, it's, it's a good land where, where I like uh, Mark Schmidt's ministry name, Deep Streams. Deep Streams. And, and praise the Lord, there's Deep Streams because uh, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to thy word, the water of the word. John 15, 3. Now are ye clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. It's a good land of, of fountains and waters and, and streams washing of the water and wellsprings of water. Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Gave him so for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it. There's that water again. That, and cleanse it, that water again. With the washing of the water by the word. I want Rosedale Baptist Church to be a place where the water of the Word is always getting out. Uh, the water of the Word is primary. Uh, almost everything else other than the Word leading us into a relationship with the Word, but then everything else bows to that. Uh, we want to be a place where there's fountains of water and uh, brooks of, uh, of water uh, and, and a lot of times we have more Bible being talked about before the service in the hallways and after the service in the hallways uh, than some churches have in the middle of the sermons in their pulpit. Well, and it shouldn't be that way. Uh, the church should be the pillar and ground of the truth. Uh, the church, the church, God says, I want to manifest my word uh, through preaching uh, and let there never be a water shortage here. 
Boy, spiritually, it's all about the Word of God, the Word of God. Boy, getting the Word of God out. And by the way, you evaluate a church uh, not by um, uh, how exciting or, or, or how entertaining. You, you evaluate a church by, in a sermon by, boy, take out all of the antics, take out all of the stories, take out uh, all of the entertainment, take out uh, all of the analogy, take out, take out uh, everything else, boil it down and, and ask yourself, how much of the Word of God did I get? How much of the Word of God did I get? Hey, that's the kind of church we want to be where it's the Word, the Word, the waters and the fountains and the brooks of water from the Word, if there's only one little sprinkle that's thrown out, I don't care how loud they are when they toss out that one little sprinkle. They almost have a squirt gun that squirts one sprinkle at a time. And they may hoot and holler about that one sprinkle, that one verse that they get out. But if it's not the Word of God that we're bathing in, the Word of God that we're basking in, Boy, let us always be spiritually uh, a place where there's, it's a good land, uh, a land of brooks of water, uh, where there's fountains, plural, and depths that spring out of the valley because it's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I say unto you, Christ is speaking here, the words that I say unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And so spiritually, boy, I always want to be. God's brought us into a good land. God's brought us into a well-watered land. Physically, if you don't have water, you'll end up having a drought. Uh, life cannot sustain without water. I think that's why the Lord says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Father. He lives by that. He lives by that. Uh, and apart from that, uh, we don't have spiritual life with regards uh, to that. Look at verse 8 again. It's a good land. It's a well-watered land. Verse 8. Uh, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates. Uh, a land of oil, olive, and I like that, that rather than olive oil, it's hard to say. Uh, oil, olive, and honey. Uh, it's a lot like Psalm 103.5, that verse that says, He satisfieth thy mouth with, with good things. Good things, a good land, a well-watered land, a fruitful land. Look at verse number 9. A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Eat bread without scarceness. It seems like when they get to that land, that's when the manna stopped. Uh, but the manna was rained down on them all the way up till uh, they got into that land. Uh, and it's almost as if God says, hey, I'm going to feed you with the exact same amount uh, you're going to eat bread without scarceness. Uh, it's going to be all you need. It's going to be uh, all that you would want. Psalm 37, 25. Uh, I've been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. Uh, and that's how God's blessing them. Uh, land, verse 9, uh, wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it. Is anyone following me at all? I love the hyperboles here. Uh, and it's uh, not inaccurate because uh, it's talking about the blessings of God here. Uh, and it's never truly an overstatement when you're talking about uh, the blessings of God because my God shall supply all. My God shall supply all your need. Look at verse 9 again. A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt uh, not lack anything in it. A uh, land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou, thou mayest dig brass. A good land, a well-watered land, a, a, a fruitful, uh, filled-up uh, kind of a land. Hey, God is good all the time. All the time. 
God is good. It's interesting now, though, in verse number 10, look at it. The turn here. When thou hast eaten and art full, next word, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God. Then, after you've eaten and art full, then shalt thou bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Uh, quite literally, quite directly applied. Uh, okay, so uh, before I eat lunch, I give thanks for the food that I'm about to eat. Uh, before I eat supper, I give thanks for the food that God's provided that I'm about to eat. Uh, the verse here says we should give thanks uh, after <laughs> the food we eat. Uh, then, once you've eaten and are full, then shalt thou uh, give thanks. Uh, uh, um, verse number 10, when thou hast eaten and art full, then shalt thou bless, bless the Lord thy God for uh, the good land. And, and so the question is, should we give thanks before the meal or should we give thanks after the meal? Uh, and the answer would be both, both. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Uh, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He continually puts food in my mouth. I should continually lift praise to him from my mouth. Boy, God is good all the time. All the time, God is absolutely good. And textually, mainly, though, it's a reminder that he's bringing us, he's brought us into a good land, a well-watered land, a, a fruitful, filling us up kind of a land. Look at verse number 10. When thou hast eaten and art full, then shalt thou bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware, be careful, beware that thou forget not thy God, the Lord thy God, uh, in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and uh, his statutes which I command thee this day. Uh, and let me give you point number one. I know you're getting discouraged thinking, when are we ever going to fill in these blanks? But now number one, uh, the possessions you have are from God. The possessions we have are from God. Uh, beware, verse 11, lest thou forget not, uh, beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God and not keeping his statutes, his judgments, his, uh, his, his commandments, uh, his judgment statutes, which I command thee this day, lest that when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold are multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth into this good land. He brought you into this good land which brought thee forth out of that bad land, that, that land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And basically he's saying when the bank account's full, when your career's advancing, uh, when your possessions are increasing, make sure you don't forget. Uh, when the bank account's full, when it's fattening, your career's advancing, when uh, your possessions are increasing, hey, don't forget, make sure that you remember that everything we have is from the Lord. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Every good gift and Every perfect gift cometh down from above, from the Father, from the Father, for he's blessed us. And someone may say, well, uh, I worked hard. Who gave you the energy to work hard? Uh, well, I attained that. Hey, who gave you the health with which to attain that? Well, it's my talent, it's my uh, ingenuity, it's my intelligence. Hey, who gave you those things? And, and so be careful lest you forget that every good thing we have has come down from above a well-watered good land, a very fruitful 
uh, good land. And then a precious metals are uh, in this good land. Verse number 17, be careful that thou say in thy heart that thou don't, uh, you don't uh, say in thy heart, my power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. No, it hadn't. It sure hasn't. It's the fact that God allowed you to have that. Uh, God blessed you with that ability uh, to get that. And so uh, God says, be careful, uh, lest, verse 12, when you uh, got plenty to eat. You've built goodly houses, capitals, compounding, silver and gold are multiplying. Hey, don't forget God. Verse 18, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Let me stop there and say, God is good all the time. Put down number two. Uh, not only are our possessions from God, put down number two, the position you're in is by God. The position that I'm in, that you're in, uh, is by God. Not only everything I have, but the exact position that I'm in has given to, been given to me by God's hand. Look at verse number one in chapter nine. Look at verse number one. Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day to go and to possess nations greater and mightier than thyself, cities great and Fenced up to heavens, a people great and tall, the children of the Anakims, whom thou knowest and of whom thou hast heard, say, who can stand before the children of Anak? Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee. As a consuming fire, he shall destroy them. He shall bring them down before thy face. So shalt thou drive them out, destroy them quickly. As the Lord has said unto thee, Speak not thou in thine heart, after that the Lord thy God hath cast them out from before thee, saying, For my righteousness the Lord hath brought me in to possess this land. No, but for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord doth drive them out from before thee. Not for thy righteousness, or for thy uprightness of heart, dost thou go to possess their land, but for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee, that he may perform the word which the Lord sware unto thy fathers. But he's blessing you because of his covenant to Abraham. He's, he, he's blessing you because of Isaac and Jacob. Verse 6, understand therefore that the Lord thy God giveth thee not this good land to possess it, for thy righteousness, look at the last phrase, for thou art still a stiff-necked people. God reminding us, okay, you're blessed by God. Praise the Lord for it. Okay, God has been good to you. Hey, praise the Lord for it, because as soon as you start thinking, boy, I deserve that. I did that. I earned that. I amassed that. I accumulated that. Hey, as soon as you get into the Boy, that's what I deserve. That's what I'm entitled to have. That's what I earned. That's what I worked for. Hey, be careful that God doesn't turn it around and show you that he's the one that provides us everything that we have. So uh, occupationally, it's God that put you there. Psalm 75, 7, God sets up one and he puts down another. Uh, and instead of reveling in that job promotion, we need to rejoice in the Lord for the promotion he's given us in that job. Uh, instead of priding ourselves in our career accomplishments, uh, we should be praising the Lord for accomplishing anything in the career that we have. And so uh, occupationally, uh, it's God that put me there. Ministerially, it's God that put me here. God that put me uh, there. 
Paul would say it's not something I've earned. It's not something that I've uh, uh, manufactured. It's not something that, that I manipulate. It's God that put me into uh, the ministry. Ephesians uh, 3, 7. Wherefore, whereof, I was made a minister. I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. God put me there. God put me there. Unto me, Paul said, who am less than the least of all saints. By the way, uh, you talk about hyperbole on the other side, uh, where uh, you're going to eat bread without scarceness. He's given you everything beyond anything you could want on the positive side. But now Paul's saying, okay, I, 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 I am where I'm at, not because of me, because I'm less than the least. Not just the least, I'm less than the least. Of all saints. Of all saints. Verse number four, look at it. Speak not thou in thy heart after the Lord thy God hath cast them out from before thee, saying, For my righteousness the Lord hath brought me and to possess this land. No, occupationally that's not true. No, no, ministerially that's not true. No, no, spiritually that's, 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 that's absolutely not true. It's not because of our righteousness, it's because of his grace. Does anybody believe that at all? But that's why we don't pride. That's why we praise. And why did God do this? Uh, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done. Speak not in thine heart, saying, For my righteousness the Lord hath brought me in. By the way, I think we grasp this uh, very firmly with regards to our salvation. I understand it's nothing that I did. Uh, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. Uh, all our righteousness is as filthy rags. For by grace he is saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves. It's not of yourself. Uh, it is a gift, of, not by works, lest any man should boast. Lest any man, not by works, lest any man should boast. Uh, he doesn't want us to boast. He wants us to give him praise. Uh, and it's not just one moment in time, uh, December 27th, 1984. When I bowed my head, I opened my heart. Uh, it's not just that one moment in time where I was born again, where I was saved, I can't pride, I can't pat myself on the back. He gets all the praise. He did all the work. But then he goes on to say, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. Okay, How did I receive him? It's nothing that I did. It's everything that he did. How did I receive him? It's because of the work that he did. I didn't earn it. I didn't manufacture it. I didn't pay for it. He paid for it. And then he says, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. This is an Old Testament equivalent to that. I'm going to advance you. I'm going to promote you. I'm going to give you that land where there's no scarceness of bread, where blessings are abundant and bountiful. But, but it's not because of anything you've done. It's because of my grace. It's because of, of, of loving you not because you're lovely, loving you not because you're lovable. God loves us because God is love. God is love. And all we can do is let the love of Christ constrain us and motivate us. Look at verse 7 again. Remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness. You did that. 
You did that, God showing grace nonetheless. Uh, from the day that thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt, almost day one out of the gate, uh, until you came into this place, uh, ye have been a stiff neck. here it is again, rebellious, you've been rebellious against the Lord. Well, then, then why would God bless them? Because he wants us to be a testimony of God's grace, not a testimony of our greatness. Uh, he wants us to be a testimony of God's grace, uh, he does not want us to testify uh, of our uh, greatness. And uh, we have an enemy uh, who from uh, day one has questioned the goodness of God. Day one uh, has questioned the kindness and graciousness of God. Uh, and, and Eve, you really can't eat of all the trees of the garden? I can't believe if God was really good, uh, he would have blessed you to do that. And, uh, and she said, uh, uh, Noah's that one tree. She got that right. Noah's that one tree. We can't uh, eat of it. But then she got it wrong when she said, uh, neither can we touch it. But it's almost as if she elevated a man-made preference, which isn't a bad thing, to the level of a commandment of God, which is a bad thing. Uh, when God says, don't eat of it, uh, don't eat of it, that's the ledge. Don't fall off that ledge, that's the ledge. And maybe Adam told her, hey, so that we don't do that, wait, don't even touch that. Don't even touch that. We do a lot, that a lot of times with our kids on on, on, I understand that it's not black and white and it's not thus saith the Lord, but, but because the line's here, boy, I want you to make sure that you step back just a little bit further. Uh, but as parents, we need to make sure that we're clear about, hey, that's our preference, that's our conviction, so that if we take a step forward, we're not falling. Take a step forward, we're not falling. Uh, because eventually, if you get so close to the edge, how many people have waited for me to fall when I've been? Anyway, uh, when you get so close to the edge, you're going to fall. Let me step back. I don't want to do that. But uh, it's the same way. And so Eve, Eve, she elevated that preference, that, that man-made rule to the level of a commandment of God. No, God said we can't eat it. God said uh, we can't touch it. By the way, I think that may be one of the reasons why when she saw that the tree was good for food and pleasant to the eyes, can I remind you that Every other tree was good for food and pleasant to the eyes. God said that in chapter 2. Uh, he planted in that garden uh, every tree that was good for food and every tree that was pleasant to the eyes. Hey, she could have had any other tree that she wanted. Uh, she could have uh, eaten every single fruit off of every tree, every nut off of every tree. Hey, she could have done anything she wanted with any other tree. It's just that one tree, that one tree. And then she got that rule wrong on, uh, it's not about not touching it. Uh, you could have uh, turn those leaves into a paint by numbers uh, and mix them up. And uh, you could have used it as makeup if you wanted to. Uh, you could touch it all you want. Hey, God said don't touch it. Uh, and then when she saw that it was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, uh, she took it, she took it and ate it. She took it. I kind of wonder if when she took it and, and she realized that there was no judgment or repercussion on that, and I do think a lot of times our kids will say, well, my parents' rules, my parents' rules, and I broke my parents' rules, and there was no repercussion. Uh, we need to make sure they realize breaking a parent's rule isn't the same as breaking God's word. And so that's where the clarity is. When she took it, I, I almost think she paused and said, well, nothing happened if I took it. Uh, Adam said that I shouldn't take it, uh, and then she ate it. But the devil was, the whole time was saying, hey, if God were really good, you could have had any tree in the entire garden, and he tried to get her to focus on that one tree. Psalm 73, 1 says, God is good. Satan from day one said, God is not. God is not. Psalm 84, 11, 
No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Uh, I like the testimony of the lady that uh, got up during a testimony time, and she quoted that verse where, uh, you know how God said, no good thing will he withhold from them that uh, walk uprightly. Uh, since I've been married to my husband, I want to thank God for this no good thing that I'm married to, right? Anyway, uh, and so I don't know if that phrase is used today, but it, no good thing. It's a no good thing. Uh, and, 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 but no good thing will he withhold because every good gift, every perfect gift, boy, God is the one that's blessed us with every positive thing uh, that we have. And so uh, Satan was questioning God's goodness. Satan was questioning uh, God's graciousness. Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. The next verse, according to the good pleasure of His will, it's for the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the beloved and so the position you have is not because of you it's because of God's grace the position I'm in is not because of me it's because of God's grace he gets all the praise all the glory for any good thing we have and for every good position that we're in uh, look at verse 4 let's pick up the pace he said if you do we will uh, speak not thou in thine heart uh, after that the Lord hath uh, God hath cast them out from before thee saying for thy righteousness uh, don't say that for my righteousness. The Lord God brought me in to possess this land, but for the wickedness of the nations, uh, verse 5, not for thy righteousness or for the uprightness of thine heart. Uh, dost thou go to possess their land, but the wickedness, the wickedness of these nations, the Lord thy God doth thrive them out because of their wickedness from before thee, uh, and that he may perform the word which the Lord swear unto thy father Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Uh, understand therefore that the Lord thy God giveth thee not this good land to possess it for thy righteousness, again, for thou art a stiff-necked people. Put down number three. In chapter 8, he talks about the possessions that we have are from God. In chapter 9, he talks about the position we're in is by God. And then in chapter 10, quickly, he challenged us, because of that, the posture we should take towards God. Because he's blessed us, he's positioned us. Now, this is the posture that we should have towards God. Uh, verse 12 of chapter 10. And now Israel, now that he's given you everything you have, now that he's put you in that position that is a place of a good land, a well-watered land and uh, that place, uh, and now Israel, what doth the Lord God require of thee? Well, what should our posture be because of those blessings? What should our uh, posture be because of how, how, how blessed uh, uh, we are. Uh, and our response isn't ever to gain those things. We're not uh, working for God's blessings. We're working from God's blessings. Uh, we're not working for God's grace. We're working from God's grace. Uh, and that's why in chapter 9, I'm giving you everything that you have, blessings. Uh, and then chapter uh, 8, chapter 9, uh, and the position you're going to be in is, is given to you by God. Uh, and, and then he starts saying, now because of that, it's almost like Romans 12 that says, after Paul talked for 11 chapters about God's grace, about his mercy, about forgiveness, about salvation, he then turns it and says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. I beseech you therefore, brethren, 
by the first 11 chapters we've talked about. Uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by chapter uh, 8, all the possessions I've given, chapter 9, the position you're in, uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, because of those, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Well, it's a reasonable response to, to the mercy and grace and the, and the blessings of God. Uh, Micah 6, 8. He has showed the old man what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. And so uh, it's that tone. Uh, and so what should our posture be because of his blessings? Four things, uh, I think. Uh, put down number one. Uh, we should bow in reverence to the king. We should bow in reverence to the king. Look at verse number 12 again. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee because of the possessions you have, because of the position you're in, but to fear the Lord thy God? But to fear the Lord uh, thy God. Reverencing the king, being in awe of, awestruck by, being floored by the glory and the majesty of our king. And so uh, the first thing that these blessings of grace should do to us, it should put us in our place. It should put us in our place. Uh, and that place is a place of praise. That place is a place of prayer. Bowing before our gracious, blessed Lord, uh, and we should give him praise. We should bow in prayer, uh, honoring who he is because of the blessings he has poured out. So number one, uh, how should we respond? Uh, we should bow in reverence. Look at verse number 17. For the Lord your God is God of gods. For the Lord your God is God of gods. Uh, even Jesus, um, he's the Lord of lords, and he's the, the king of kings. Uh, you talk about the leader of leaders. The leader of leaders, it's Jesus Christ. He's the Lord of lords, lords. He's the Lord of lords, and uh, he's the king of, uh, of kings. You talk about uh, a leader of leaders, and so uh, uh, for uh, 17, the Lord your God is a God of gods and a Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and a wonderful, a, a, a terrible God. So number one, uh, bow in reverence to the king. Put down number two, build a relationship with the king. Build a relationship with with the king. Look at verse number 12. Uh, but now, Israel, what doth the Lord, we're in chapter 10, uh, thy God require of thee, but to fear the Lord thy God, bow in reverence, and to walk in all his ways, and to love him, build a relationship uh, with the king. You know what God's grace does? Um, uh, a child that has been hit, who, who cowers away, um, God doesn't come down on us uh, with a oppressing us, but his arms are open uh, wide saying, come unto me, come unto me, I love you, come unto me, I've died for you. Those nail scars are a reminder, you want to know how much God loves you? Boy, look at the, the, the last couple of chapters of the Gospels on uh, the passion of the Christ, his love for us, he did that for us, uh, and his arms are open wide, uh, yes, for us to bow in reverence, but then also to, to build a relationship uh, with him. Number three, begin to work for him. 
Begin to work. Bow in reverence to him. Build a relationship with him. Begin to work for him. Look at verse number 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, bow in reverence, to walk in all his ways and to love him, to love him. He loves you. He loves you. We love him because he first loved us. Uh, bow in reverence and now build a relationship uh, and to serve, to serve, and, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart uh, and with all thy soul. Begin to work for him. Look at verse number 20. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, him shalt thou serve. Say that with me, it's verse number 20. Him shalt thou serve. And let me give you the last one, and I, I don't necessarily like the phrasing, but I think you understand the heart. Uh, behave within the rules of the king. Behave within the rules of the king. Look at him uh, in verse number 13. To keep thy commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good, therefore you're good, therefore you're good. God doesn't just kind of arbitrarily and say, don't do that, I think that would be too much fun, you shouldn't do that, I don't want you to do that because that would be fun. No, God knows what's best for us, and God knows what would hurt us, and God in his omniscient, omnibenevolence, God says, hey, be careful about that because it'll hurt you. Be careful about that because it'll hurt you. So behave within his rules. It's still out of a heart of love and a heart of grace. Look at verse number one, chapter 10. At that time, the Lord said unto me, hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first and come up unto me into the mount and make thee, we're reading it again, read it again, and make thee an ark of wood and I will write on the tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest, kind of a reminder Moses, you lost, lost your cool there, and thou shalt put them, say the next three words, thou shalt put them in the ark, in the ark. The rules are inside of the ark the relationship is above the ark. Uh, the rules are inside of the ark. Uh, the relationship is above the mercy seat. In fact, he says it in Exodus 25, 25 uh, 22. There will I meet with thee, and I will commune with thee. There will I meet with thee, and I will commute with, commune with thee from above the mercy seat. In fact, the one group that uh, tried to lift the lid and look in and try to interact with the law. Boy, so many of them died because the letter killeth. The letter killeth if there's no grace there, if there's no mercy there. And so uh, our relationship with God should not be based upon law. Uh, it has to be based upon uh, grace. That's why we can come boldly to the, the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy to find grace to help in the time of need. Bow in reverence build a relationship, begin to work for, behave within the rules of, look at verse number three, and I will make an ark of shittim wood, and uh, he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first, went up into the mount, having the two tables in his hand, my hand, uh, and he wrote on the tables according to the first writing, the Ten Commandments which the Lord spake unto you in the mount of the uh, midst of the fire in the day of the, uh, uh, of the assembly, and the Lord gave them unto me, and I turned myself and came down from the mountain, put the tables in the ark which I made thee, uh, and made thee, and there they be as the Lord commanded me, look at verse number 20, thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, him shalt thou serve to him shalt thou cleave and swear by his name. He is thy praise and he is thy God that hath done for thee these great and terrible things. 
which thine eyes have seen. Thy fathers went down into Egypt with threescore and ten persons, and now the Lord thy God hath made thee as the stars of heaven for multitude. And so uh, any of our response should be that. It should be a response to our grasping God's grace. Our grasping God's grace. Um, chapter 8, our possessions from God. Chapter 9, uh, our position by God. And that's why in chapter 10, he's saying, this is what your posture should be uh, towards God. This is what your posture should be uh, towards God. Uh, a lot of times, uh, we'll come down, okay, you didn't obey the rule, heavier. Okay, you didn't do what I said, heavier. Um, and, and then we'll in, even end up getting into the point where we say, uh, well, it's because he doesn't love God enough. He doesn't love God enough. Well, if you love God, you don't love God enough. And I do object to that uh, because I don't think the problem is he doesn't love God enough. Uh, I think the problem is he doesn't realize how much God loves him. And, and when we realize how much God loves us, that's when it's not oppression and a push. That's when it's not bondage and lordship. Hey, that's when it's a heart of love, the love of Christ constraining us. The goodness of God leading us to repentance. We love Him because He, he first loved us. Aren't you glad God is good all the time? All the time, God is good. And let chapter 8 and 9 be a reminder of why we serve, why we work. Uh, why we live a right life, it's not because we're trying to earn something. It's because God has already given us everything. And praise the Lord for that. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.